You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include residents of Ohio are demanding answers over the toxic train derailment, The Chinese spy balloon was originally headed for Hawaii, and the Michigan State shooter had a note in his pocket threatening New Jersey schools. Here's your national news recap for the week of February 12th. The residents of a small Ohio town are demanding answers after a rail company pulled out of a town meeting about a toxic train derailment. Resident Ben Ratner said there's no accountability for the situation. Norfolk Southern isn't going to do a thing to step in and actually help this community uh, unless they're forced to. And I learned that the EPA can only do so much because this company is a juggernaut and they'll just pay the fines. The citizens of East Palestine held a meeting Wednesday night at the local high school to express their anger over a multi-car derailment two weeks ago that caused toxic chemicals to be released into the air. Representatives from the Norfolk Southern Railway Company didn't show up to the meeting, citing security concerns. No official determination has been made regarding the cause of the derailment. Questions still remain over a major train derailment in Ohio that resulted in toxic chemical exposure. They're working to get to the bottom of what caused the derailment, monitoring air quality, collecting soil samples, testing surface and groundwater for any cont- contaminants. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said local and federal authorities are working to get to the bottom of what happened. She said the administration is deploying teams from HHS and the CDC to East Palestine as the Ohio governor has asked for additional public health testing and resources. The derailment earlier this month caused toxic chemicals to be released into the soil and air. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says he's been trying to get help from FEMA, but has been unsuccessful so far. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has announced her run for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. She made the announcement in a video Tuesday morning. Haley served as the United Nations ambassador for the first two years of the Trump administration. President Biden says there's no evidence the three aerial objects shot down by the U.S. military recently are related to China's balloon surveillance program. In remarks to the nation, the president said it's still not known what the objects are, but they're likely related to commercial or research purposes. He said crews are still trying to recover the debris to assess what they are. When speaking on the Chinese surveillance balloon, Biden said he had ordered it to be shot down as soon as it was safe to do so. He said he expects soon to speak to China's president and makes no apologies for taking the balloon out of the sky. Former President Trump is slightly ahead of Governor Ron DeSantis for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. A national poll from Quinnipiac University found Trump had 42 percent of the vote compared to the Florida leader who had 36 percent. Former U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley follows, and then it's former Vice President Mike Pence. The poll also found Americans are split on opinions over the search for classified documents at Trump's Mar-a-Lago property in South Florida. The White House is dismissing questions about the president's age. So I don't know, maybe they're for, they've forgotten, maybe they're forgetting the wins that this president has had over the last couple of years, but I'm happy to remind them anytime. 
Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre also noted Democrats' surprising performance during the midterm elections under the president's watch. Her remarks come as Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley called for a mental competency test for candidates over the age of 75. Biden is 80 years old and would be 82 if he's sworn in for a second term. The number of people dying while trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border near San Diego is on the rise. Eddie McCoven reports. According to data from the Mexican consulate in San Diego, from October 2021 through September 2022, 46 Mexican nationals died while attempting to cross from Tijuana to San Diego. That's up from 34 reported in the previous fiscal year and way up from the 11 reported three years ago. iNews source reports dehydration and drownings are among the leading cause of migrant deaths, but the most common is injuries sustained from border wall falls. I'm Eddie McCoven. Immigrant organizations are blasting Florida's governor for signing into law a bill funding more migrant flights to sanctuary cities. Americans for Immigrant Justice's Shaylin Fluherty spoke about the new law. We have um, a state government that is trying to erect, without the resources, training, or experience, its own state-led immigration system. The immigrant attorney believes this law will be challenged in federal court, but in the meantime, migrants will be living in fear. The Republican governor claims the $10 million is helping send migrants to places where they're wanted. A Texas senator is filing for more gun safety bills in response to last year's deadly shooting in Uvalde. The measures of Democrat Roland Gutierrez would require gun owners to buy liability insurance and require an ID to buy ammo. They would also force vendors to report bulk ammo sales to a Department of Public Safety database, along with expanding safe storage requirements. Guterres' district includes Uvalde. He has already filed bills to raise the minimum age to buy semi-automatic rifles to 21, among other measures. Former President Trump says Social Security and Medicare must be protected. On Truth Social, he issued a message to Florida Senator Rick Scott by saying there will be no cuts to either entitlement program. President Biden has recently taken aim at Republicans, saying that some of the GOP want to cut Social Security and Medicare. Just this week, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell stressed that entitlement programs aren't on the table in negotiations to raise the debt ceiling. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from Reuters. A Chinese balloon that was shot down after crossing the continental United States originally had a trajectory that would have taken it over Guam and Hawaii, but was blown off course by prevailing winds, a U.S. official speaking on condition of anonymity said on Wednesday. The balloon, which Washington accuses Beijing of using for surveillance and China says was a civilian research vessel, drifted across Alaska's islands and then Canada and central United States before it was shot down by the U.S. military off the coast of South Carolina on February 4th. The incident has further strained U.S.-China relations and prompted U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to postpone a planned visit to Beijing next week. U.S. military and intelligence agencies tracked the balloon from when it lifted off from Hainan Island near China's south coast the Washington Post reported on Tuesday. During a regular briefing on Thursday, Chinese Foreign Minister spokesperson Wang Wenbin did not answer a question about whether the balloon was intended to fly over Guam and Hawaii before it was blown off trajectory, instead repeating the Chinese position that the United States should not overreact. The U.S. military said on Monday it had recovered critical electronics from the balloon as well as large sections of the vessel itself. And for our second story of today, 
Recovery efforts continue in hard-hit areas of New Zealand on Friday, after Cyclone Gabriel caused chaos, leaving at least six people dead, displacing 10,000 people in the country's most damaging storm in decades. Gabriel, which hit New Zealand on Sunday before making its way down the east coast of the North Island, cut off entire towns, washed away farms, bridges, and livestock, and inundated homes, stranding people on roofs. The death toll rose to six overnight after a second volunteer firefighter, Craig Stevens, died in hospital after being caught in a landslide near Auckland earlier in the week. Authorities are warning that the country needs to prepare for the death toll to rise. Communication and access to a number of areas remain difficult, and surveillance flights are being undertaken to survey the damage and identify those who may be isolated. Convoys of trucks carrying essential items such as food, water, medicine, and fuel are making their way into remote areas, and the Defense Force is using ships to transport needed items into areas of the East Coast. Kiri Allen, Minister of Regional Development, who also lives in one of the most badly affected areas, told One News that supermarkets were now better stocked. Supplies had been reaching some of the most isolated communities, and the phone network was even returning in small areas. Huge infrastructure challenges ahead of us. Once we get through this immediate response, we will get a great toll in terms of the cost and what we need to do, she said. In Hawks Bay, helicopters and boats were still going out to check on people in isolated communities, while search and rescue teams were continuing to operate. The weather has started to improve. Meteorological service Met Service said they no longer have any weather warnings in place in New Zealand, and sunshine was forecast for most of the North Island. And for our third and final story for today, more than 60 countries, including the U.S. and China, signed a modest call to action on Thursday, endorsing the responsible use of artificial intelligence, AI, in the military. Human rights experts and academics noted the statement was not legally binding and failed to address concerns like AI-guided drones, slaughterbots, that could kill with no human intervention or the risk that an AI could escalate a military conflict. However, the statement was a tangible outcome of the first international summit on military AI, co-hosted by the Netherlands and South Korea this week at The Hague. Signatories said they were committed to developing and using military AI in accordance with international legal obligations and in a way that does not undermine international security, stability, and accountability. The conference comes as interest in AI is at an all-time high thanks to the launch of OpenAI's ChatGPT program, and as Ukraine has made use of facial recognition and AI-assisted targeting system in its fight with Russia. Organizers did not invite Russia following its 2022 invasion of Ukraine, which Moscow calls a special military operation. Ukraine did not attend. Israel participated in the conference but did not sign the statement. U.S. Undersecretary of State for Arms Control Bonnie Jenkins put forward a U.S. framework for responsible military AI use. The U.S. and other powerful nations have been reluctant to agree to any legal limitations on using AI for fear that doing so might put them at a disadvantage to rivals. We want to emphasize that we're open to engagement with any country that is interested in joining us, Jenkins said. The U.S. proposal said AI weapon systems should involve appropriate levels of human judgment in line with updated guidelines on lethal autonomous weapons issued by the Department of Defense last month. Human Rights Watch challenged the U.S. to define appropriate and not to tinker with political declarations, but to begin negotiating internationally binding law. Jessica Dorsey, assistant professor of international law at Utrecht University, said the U.S. proposal was a missed opportunity for leadership and the summit statement was too weak. It paves the path for states to develop AI for military purposes in any way they see fit, as long as they can say it is responsible, she said. Where's the enforcement mechanism? And that was Connor Brown with your international news report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray.
Ewing Township, New Jersey public and private schools closed on Tuesday after a threat connected to the mass shooting at Michigan State University. According to police, 43-year-old suspect Anthony McRae had a note in his pocket that specifically mentioned threats toward Ewing High School and Fisher Middle School. McRae formerly resided in the area. He was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound after three students were killed and five others were injured Monday night. Peyton Gendron, who killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket, was sentenced to life in prison. This attack was fueled by racist conspiracy theories. Before sentencing, a victim's relative lunged at Gendron. Pennsylvania Democratic Senator John Fetterman checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on Wednesday. Fetterman is still recovering from a stroke and is seeking treatment for clinical depression, according to his office. A 34-year-old woman from Burlington County was shot and killed in Trenton Sunday morning. No arrests have been made and police are still investigating this incident. A heartbroken mother from Newark is looking for answers after her 12-year-old son fatally collapsed while playing football. Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia was playing at his younger brother's preseason football practice when he collapsed. Raven Brown says it took an ambulance more than half an hour to respond to her son and he could not be revived. Brown says CPR could have saved Elijah's life, adding that the coach, who ran an errand at the time of the incident, is not CPR certified. New Jersey students have been protesting and staging walkouts after 14-year-old Adriana Kush took her own life when a video circulated of her being attacked by another girl. The superintendent of the Central Regional School District has resigned, and four girls have been criminally charged in connection with the assault. Since this incident, more claims and videos of bullying in the area have been circulating. A substantial reward is being offered in the cold case killing three decades ago of a Long Island police officer. $100,000 is now being offered to help find whoever assassinated Dennis Wustenhoff. The Suffolk County cop was blown up by a bomb placed under his unmarked car outside of his home in 1990. His three children are devastated that no one has been arrested or charged. The family hopes the reward money will lead to new information and justice. Jersey City is touting its efforts to house thousands of people. Mayor Stephen Fulop says the city has helped nearly 1,500 families in need secure housing since joining the Federal House America program in 2021. The city also added 3,500 affordable housing units to the city's pipeline. Fulop says Jersey City has become a leader in preserving and expanding affordable housing and home ownership adding that this has been his priority from the start. JFK Airport was disrupted by a power outage in Terminal 1, delaying flights on Thursday. The outage was caused by an electrical panel failure that resulted in a fire, according to the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. New Jersey actor Bruce Willis was diagnosed with dementia that has affected his cognitive abilities. In a statement from his family, they stated that Willis's condition is worsening and that there is no treatment. A 26-year-old woman was robbed at gunpoint in Gloucester County Tuesday night. A man followed her home to her Washington Township residence from an ATM in Glassboro. The robber is described as a heavyset man between 30 and 40 years old and drives a black Dodge Charger, according to police. A symbol of New York City's garment district is back. A yellow button and needle with silver thread have now replaced the once black button that sat atop a vacant kiosk located on 7th Avenue and 39th Street. The design was finished in 1996 and work started in 2017. 
I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Super Bowl fever ran high at Rowan University with the Eagles looking to take the win, only to come up short 38-35 with the Kansas City Chiefs claiming victory. We spoke to people on Rowan's Glassboro campus to get their take on Super Bowl 57 and the heartbreaking loss of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's what they had to say. Uh, very disappointed. <laughs> feel like feel like we missed an opportunity there. Hopefully we'll be able to go back sometime soon, but it's very hard to do that. So hopefully we didn't blow our opportunity there, but the Chiefs deserved it. Uh, I hated it as an Eagles fan. wasn't really great. wasn't the best ending. I imagined better. I imagine the next day is going to be better than the following day, and it's uh, it's been pretty bad so far. Um, obviously, I wanted the Eagles to win as I'm an Eagles fan. Um, it was a good game, though. The commercials, I think, could have been a lot better. Honestly, I didn't really care for the Super Bowl. I was happy the Eagles lost, but honestly, I don't really like the Chiefs that much. Super Bowl commercials could have been a lot better. Brianna, happy she's pregnant, but she could have been better at the halftime show as well. It was very good, but you didn't bring in a special guest, which also kind of upset me. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. I had a good time with my friends, ate wings and pizza. Opera star Denise Graves, an Emmy and Grammy-winning American mezzo-soprano, will present a concert on Saturday, February 18th at 6 p.m. at Rowan University's Flieger Concert Hall, North Campus Drive, Glassboro. Proceeds from the event will benefit scholarships for performing arts students at the university. A champion of new works, Graves has premiered operas and song cycle and won competitions and countless awards. Her signature opera roles include the title roles in Carmen and Samson at Dahlia. A graduate of the Duke Ellington School of the Arts, Graves studied voice at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music and the New England Conservatory. She worked at the Wolf Trap Opera Company, providing further training and experience for young singers between their academic and full-time professional careers. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from the sports world. Beginning in the NFL, let's debrief the craziness that was Super Bowl 57. After four electric quarters of football, the Kansas City Chiefs prevailed over the Philadelphia Eagles by a final score of 38 to 35. Despite reaggravating his high ankle sprain, Patrick Mahomes was incredible, finding a way to win his second Super Bowl just three days after winning his second career NFL MVP award. For Mahomes, he completed 21 of 27 pass attempts for 182 yards and three touchdowns, along with 44 yards on the ground on six attempts. Mahomes counterpart Jalen Hurts had himself quite the championship performance as well, completing 27 of 38 pass attempts for 304 passing yards and one touchdown through the air, on top of 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground from Hurts alone. Many tuning into the big game also witnessed a questionable holding call on Eagles defensive back James Bradbury. This holding call came with under two minutes left in the fourth 
quarter, awarding the Chiefs a fresh set of downs that would clinch their second Super Bowl win in five seasons. Following their Super Bowl loss, the Eagles will have to replace both their offensive coordinator Shane Steichen and defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Steichen will take his talents to Indianapolis after accepting the Colts head coaching position, while Jonathan Gannon will head to the desert looking to change the tide with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Steichen received a six-year contract from Indianapolis, while Gannon received a five-year deal to lead the charge in Arizona. Lastly, in the NFL, former NFL quarterback Brett Favre is suing former Colts punter and now sports analyst Pat McAfee. While the current amount Favre is seeking in the defamation suit is unknown, McAfee doesn't seem to care. Following the lawsuit submission, McAfee took to his podcast and responded with, quote, we take a lot of pride in our work. We had to cover that situation, and we certainly said allegedly, and a lot of people are wondering how my lawyers are going to handle this. You know it. I ain't got them, so let's ride. I'm excited to see how it goes. I'll see you in court, pal. End quote. Switching to the NBA, the Boston Celtics have officially removed Joe Missoula's interim tag ahead of All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Celtics announced early Thursday morning that they have cut ties with former head coach Ime Udoka, naming Joe Missoula the 19th head coach in franchise history. In the process, the Celtics awarded Missoula a contract extension with the details of the extension currently undisclosed. Since taking over as interim head coach, Missoula has led the Celtics to a 42-17 record, good for the number one seat in the Eastern Conference, along with a league-best start of 18-4 through the first 22 games of the season. Mazzulla will also handle the head coaching responsibilities for the Eastern Conference All-Star team in the NBA All-Star game tomorrow, Sunday, February 19th. And finally, let's close things out at the NCAA level. Rowan men's and women's basketball begin their conference playoff tournament this Saturday in Glassboro. The women's team will tip off at 1 p.m. today against their first-round matchup, the 16-9 Ramapo College Roadrunners. After clinching the number one seed in the NJAC tournament, the men's team will reap the benefits of a first-round bye with their next matchup scheduled for Tuesday night at 7 p.m. As always, you can hear live play-by-play coverage of both teams for the entire playoffs right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the sports world. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. Ford Motor Company is announcing plans to cut 3,800 jobs in Europe. The move is being made as the automaker attempts to increase sales in what it calls rapidly changing market conditions and the very competitive electric vehicle market. The cuts are directly related to Ford's transition to all-electric vehicles in Europe. The news comes just weeks after Ford's fourth quarter earnings fell short of expectations. Operators of KFC say they're paring down menus nationwide. Michael Kastner reports. We're KFC. Our cooks don't make nuggets. They make popcorn chicken. Not anymore. Officials say popcorn chicken, wings, chocolate chip cookies, and Nashville hot sauce are among the products that are being cut. KFC says it's to help maintain efficiency for kitchen staff and make ordering easier. Corporate leaders haven't provided specific dates for when those items will no longer be available. They say the menu change is currently being introduced across the U.S. One thing isn't changing. It's finger licking good. I'm Michael Kastner. The CEO of Goldman Sachs is slightly more optimistic about the state of the economy. Mark Mayfield with more. David Solomon told investors at a conference in Miami the chances the economy can avoid a deep recession this year are improving. He said the chance of a so-called softer landing feels better now than it felt six to nine months ago. 
His remarks came before the release of the latest inflation data. The consumer price index rose by half a percent in January, above what economists had predicted. The year-over-year number rose by 6.4 percent. I'm Mark Mayfield. Retail sales are posting a big gain. The Commerce Department said they rose by 3% in January. Experts were looking for an increase of about 2%. The jump was led by places including parts dealers and furniture stores. As for the year-over-year number, it rose by nearly 6.5%. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Actress Raquel Welch is dead at the age of 82. According to her family, she died this week after a brief illness. Welch is known for her roles in Fantastic Voyage and One Million Years B.C. Welch won the Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Actress in the musical or comedy for her role in The Three Musketeers in 1974. Former child actor Austin Majors is reportedly dead from a drug overdose in Los Angeles. Several outlets say the 27-year-old who starred in MPD Blue died from fentanyl. TMZ reports he died on Saturday while staying in an L.A. homeless facility. The one-time fiancé of the alleged getaway driver in the 2018 ambush, robbery, and murder of South Florida rapper Tentacion took to the witness stand this week. Tanel Carter says Dedrick Williams confessed to being there. She testified Williams never mentioned anything about the crime having to do with Drake or any other rapper. The defense is arguing a feud with fellow rappers could have been a motive for X's murder. Williams, Michael Boatwright, Trayvon Newsom are all charged with first-degree murder. They face up to life in prison if convicted. Tony Robinson says she was given cash after the SUV she rented was crashed, but didn't learn more until after Dedrick Williams was arrested. Tony Robinson testified Dedrick Williams showed up at her home that evening and was calm. Ryan Seacrest is leaving live with Kelly and Ryan after six years of serving as Kelly Ripa's co-host. Seacrest announced his exit on Thursday's episode of the show and said working with Kelly has been a dream job and one of the highlights of his career. He called her an amazing partner, friend, and confidant, while adding he'll miss their mornings together. Ripa's husband, Mark Consuelos, will become her co-host, and the show will be called Live with Kelly and Mark. Seacrest said he'll return to guest host and fill in at times in the future. Rihanna says it would be ridiculous if her ninth studio album didn't release this year. Speaking to British Vogue, Rihanna said she wants the album to drop this year and that she just wants to make music, have fun, and make videos. The singer said she hasn't stopped recording music in recent years, although some of her unreleased records contain a sound she's grown out of. She also called the album Auntie her most brilliant album. Rihanna is fresh off her Super Bowl 57 halftime performance, where she revealed she's pregnant with her second child. A Booking.com ad is the most-watched Super Bowl commercial on YouTube. The spot stars actress Melissa McCarthy and shows her going on a tour of beautiful vacation getaways. Other top-viewed ads include T-Mobile's featuring John Travolta, Skechers featuring Snoop Dogg, and the trailer for Fast X. Meantime, Google released its top search results for the game, which showed Is Rihanna Pregnant as the top result. Make-A-Wish America is getting a massive donation from basketball great Michael Jordan just before he turned 60. The icon donated $10 million to the foundation. He said that he's been a partner with Make-A-Wish for more than three decades. It's being described as the largest individual donation in Make-A-Wish history. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. 
You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.